As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. We're going to talk about how cruising is going to change as we move forward and ramp back up on today's show. Uh, More private islands in the works, shorter cruises, things of the sort. Staff writer Richard Sims will be here to cover that. Also, as always, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. So you know how we do our daily Cruise Radio News Briefs. Of course, that's found opposite of this feed at Cruise Radio News. Been tinkering around with doing video briefs for about the past month and a half or so. If you want to see them get caught up daily in the form of video or just see if I have a face for radio, you can do that on Twitter, our Facebook page, or our Cruise Radio YouTube channel. It's all right there for you. All right, let's jump to cruise news with Sherry Laskin. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Royal Caribbean has sold one of their cruise brands. Yeah, so earlier this week, Royal Caribbean Group announced its intention to sell Azamara. The three-ship boutique cruise line was sold for a cool $201 million in cash, and the buyer is a private equity firm called Sycamore Partners. Royal Caribbean plans to transfer the cruise line to its new owner this March. Um, Royal Caribbean Group CEO Richard Fain said, and here's why they did it, by selling Azamara, the company will have more resources to invest in its three remaining cruise lines, which are, of course, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruises, and Silver Sea. $200 million for three cruise ships and a cruise line. That's a, that's a fire sale. In cash. Wow. <laughs> and now in the hands of a private equity firm. Curious to see what they do with them or if they turn around and sell it again. So uh, Norwegian Cruise Line extended cancellations even further into 21. They have. So Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings decided to cancel cruises through this April. And included in the cancellations are, of course, Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana Cruises, and Regent Seven Seas. Together, and this is interesting, together with competitor Royal Caribbean Group, they created their healthy sail panel to construct a path to safely resume cruising. And before all that can happen, cruise lines, of course, must meet the CDC's framework for conditional sailing requirements. And that includes 60 days of trial cruise runs with staged COVID emergency management and resolution. I guess it's official, Sherry. No more Carnival holiday class ships left. Well, it looks like they're all being scrapped. And this time, like you mentioned, it's Carnival's former holiday and celebration that was sent to the scrapyard in India. 
And as the former Carnival Cruise Line celebration, the ship was sold a few years ago, we might remember, to Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line, and then they renamed it Grand Celebration. The second ship, Holiday, was in operation with the newly defunct Cruise and Maritime Voyages, and they had renamed the ship Magellan. So while Celebration has already been beached at the scrapyard in India, it's reported that Holiday is on its final and one-way voyage to the same place. And it looks like if you want to return or you want to come to the U.S., you need to have that negative COVID test. Yeah, right. So beginning January 26th, all travelers two years and older that are flying into the United States must show proof of a negative COVID-19 test. And it falls on the airlines to confirm that passengers have the proper proof of a negative result and the test must be taken no more than 72 hours prior to the flight. Passengers on continuing flights to or from U.S. territories are exempt. However, should a flight be delayed and a passenger's test doesn't fall in that 72-hour timeline anymore, they will be required to take another test. And this is interesting. If you have recovered from COVID-19, you'll have a slightly altered requirement. So if your travel plans fall within three or more months of your recovery, you'll need to take a new COVID test and, of course, have a negative result. But for those whose recovery is three months or less from the date of your flight, it's okay to show a positive COVID test result, but it must be accompanied by a letter from a healthcare provider that states that you are in good health to travel. And here's a cruise for 2023 if you really want to get back out to sea. Oh, I like this one. So last week, Oceana Cruises revealed its 180 days around the world cruise and is planned for 2023 aboard Insignia. The 684-passenger ship will sail round-trip from San Francisco departing on January 15th, and it's going to head to 33 countries on four continents with 96 destinations. Of the 96 ports, 20 of them will include multiple overnights, and also on the itinerary is a three-day drive-by of Antarctica. So while there, the ship will spend three days cruising Admiralty Bay, Paradise Bay, and Half Moon Island, and all guests are on the around the world in 180 days trip will receive, they can choose between 64 free shore excursions, a free beverage package, or a free $6,400 shipboard credit. And if 180 days going round trip San Francisco isn't long enough of a cruise for you, it's possible to extend the around the world experience up to 218 days. What you would do is stay on the ship in San Francisco and then it will make its way to New York. So what would you do? Would you opt for these shore excursions or take that $6,000 onboard credit? That's so funny. I was thinking that. I would probably take the onboard credit. Um, you know, it, it, it's not going, you can't go ashore in Antarctica. You're not going to actually touch it. So, and those would be really super expensive shore excursions. So um, I would go for the money. What would you do? I think I would actually take the 64 shore excursions because I'm a piss poor planner. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like whenever we went out to Yellowstone, I had it planned to a T. But like going internationally, I have a hard time like, you know, doing the research yeah. and the local customs and everything like that. So I would just totally pick the 64 shore excursions. And, and you'll, you'll be done with it. You'll mm -hmm. have it all planned out. And I'm not a big drinker anyway, so I mean, I don't really yeah. 
that won't phase me. And the yeah, Wi-Fi is included. So yeah, I think we're all set with the shore excursions. Let's go. Let's go. You know, I do have a question though. What's with the 64? Why $6,400 and 64 free shore excursions? That's a good <laughs> question. You, we might be onto something here. <laughs> That's just a, an odd number. And there's 96 ports, so it's not one per port. So I just wonder why they came up with that number. Maybe it's historic for Oceana. Okay, so the cruise is in 23. 23 plus 23 is 46. You flip 46, that's 64. I think it's code. I think we're on to something here. Yeah, just like Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln and Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. There's something mysterious oh going on. Oh my gosh, on. yes. We have got to get to the bottom of this. Listener question is from Martha. I currently have a Disney cruise scheduled for August 28th and have only paid the deposit. Do you think I should pay the balance or wait until closer to the due date in April? I'll be honest. I don't know how ready I'll be to cruise if things don't get better. Also, will I get my money back if I change my mind? Well, hi, Martha. And you know, these are some good questions to think about right now. So First of all, Doug and I discussed this a little bit, and we both would suggest holding off on your final payment. Um, your best bet is really to call your travel agent, or if you booked it yourself, call the cruise line and speak directly with a Disney Cruise Line reservation agent. Um, in our opinion, this is the best way to get up-to-date, accurate cancellation information because you know sometimes they can't, they don't update their websites exactly when you need to know about the penalties. And then on another note, um, from the tone in your questions, your words sort of suggest that you have a little bit of hesitation about going on a cruise at the end of the summer. And if that's the case, maybe you should wait because you may not enjoy the cruise as much as if you waited until your own comfort level increases. Things are going to be different. And if you really want the you know, something close to a traditional cruise experience. It probably won't happen for a while. All right, Martha, let us know what you wind up doing. I hope that helped you. I've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. Over the past few weeks, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about health and safety protocols that are going to be put into place when cruising resumes. But one thing we really haven't discussed is what the port situation is going to be like and how that will impact cruising. Joining me to dive right into this is staff writer Richard Sims. Hello, Richard. Hey, Doug. Okay, so let's jump right into this. I'm booking a cruise for the summer, and I'm pretty sure ships will be sailing by then, and I'm comfortable with the protocols and all that. 
But just because I've picked the itinerary I want to do doesn't mean the ship is going to wind up doing that exact itinerary. Why is that? Here's the thing that nobody's really been thinking about, and that is that all of the different places that ships go to, they are all going to have their own sort of strategies in place with how to deal with a post-COVID world. So let's say you've got trip a trip planned to go to Bonaire. Well, Bonaire may not be welcoming cruise ships, and that could change on a you know week-to-week, day-to-day, month-to-month basis. So one of the really difficult things that the cruise lines are going to face as they move forward and begin sailing again is piecing those things together and dealing with them on a constantly changing basis. Now, we see this all the time, even in a pre-COVID world, but usually in the past, it was a little bit rarer. It was something that we dealt with mostly with hurricanes. Like, you know, let's say you were planning to go to St. Thomas and at the last minute, St. Thomas was, you know, being hammered by a storm. So they had to try and find a different point that they could go to. Sometimes they would just do a sea day, but there might have been logistical reasons that made them actually go to a port. But it was it was kind of rare. Yes, you would hear people complaining that their itinerary was changed, but it didn't really happen all that often. It will be kind of interesting now because the itineraries that they're selling may not necessarily be the itinerary that they are ultimately able to go on, depending on, you know, a whole slew of factors that will in large part be beyond their control. Yeah, I mean, I know it's very fluid right now, but let's take for Grand Cayman, for instance, where they're saying that no cruise ships will be able to call there in 2021, yet cruise lines are selling itineraries with Grand Cayman on there. So uh, it'll be curious to see how that plays out and what gets put into place um, instead of Grand Cayman or if they do an about face and let cruise ships there in six months or so. But uh, am I right to say that even if the ships do go to ports on my itinerary, that thing still could be a little bit different? Definitely. And this is something we've talked about a little bit. And that has to do with how shore shore excursions will be handled. We don't know, you know, right now what we're seeing overseas is that the shore excursions are basically set up so that you can only go on pre-approved shore excursions, which are controlled by the the cruise line. That way they can basically keep you in a bubble the entire time. They can keep you from wandering off and, you know, interacting with people who, you know, they don't know who they are. They don't know if they've been tested, if they've tested positive. Uh, for COVID. So they want to make sure that like, if you get on a bus, they know who the driver is. They know that that driver is within their safe bubble. That's going to be at least um, for the first part of the return to cruising, that's going to be crucial because they're going to have to do everything they possibly can to keep passengers in the bubble and from coming into contact with sort of you know, you don't want to say that people outside of the bubble are unsafe, but they are potentially unsafe. So the, the the more they can restrict who you interact with, the closer it's going to be or the better it's going to be. So this is going to be a situation where, at least for right now, you don't want to book a trip to, let's say, you know, let's say you're booking a trip to Nassau because you very specifically want to go to one beach that's out of the way and nobody ever goes to and you're going to like rent a car and drive out there. No, I wouldn't do that right now because there's every likelihood that you won't be able to do that. You know, if it's a if it's an out of the way beach that nobody goes to, there's very little chance that they're going to actually have a shore excursion that's pre-approved and arranged by the ship that's going to go to that location. And if you decide you're going to wander away and do it on your own, you're not going to get back on that ship because they're going to be very very strict about that. We've already seen it. We've seen cases where people thought they could, you know, get around the system and they'd sneak off and do their own thing. 
And they got back to the ship and were told, yeah, sorry, you're not coming any further with us. You're on your own now. Mm -hmm. So, yes, even if you wind up on a ship going to the ports that you hoped it was going to go to, it may not be. In fact, I even feel safe saying that for right now, it won't be the same as it was, you know, a year ago. Well, in speaking of the bubble, how do private islands factor into all this? Huge, 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 huge. Private islands are going to be just massively important. So just this week, Carnival Cruise Line rolled out a new advertising campaign built around Half Moon K. You know, they've got cute little uh, logos and it says things like, you know, smile with your toes in the sand. And they're really trying to remind people how much they love Half Moon K. And Half Moon K is beloved. I have not yet been there, but everyone who's ever been there, who we've ever talked to, I mean, you've been there a million times. It's really a popular destination. People walk away from there with a really positive experience. Carnival wants you to remember that because that may be one of the few places that they can go with impunity. Same thing with Norwegian Cruise Line and Great Stirrup K. Same thing with Royal Caribbean and Perfect Day at Coco K. All of those are going to be very important for a couple of reasons. They already were important because when you go to a private island, for the most part, any money you spend on that island is going into the cruise line's pocket, as opposed to if you go to St. Thomas for the day, you are putting money in the local economy of St. Thomas. Here, you are putting money back in the cruise line's pocket. So, of course, they love the private islands. But more importantly, they control the private islands. I imagine that what they will do is sort of like they will be doing with the crew on the ship. They will make sure everyone working on that private island is tested and tested regularly. They will create a safe bubble there. So if you're sailing, let's say, out of Miami, they they will say, okay, we're going to do a three-day cruise and we're just going to go out to our private island and then come back. You are with, entirely within their bubble the entire time. You're not going to foreign ports. You're not going to places where they might lose control of you. So that's sort of you know, hugely important. It's also why we're going to start seeing shorter cruises. One of the things when Holland America introduced its new 2021 through 2022 itineraries, one of the things they're really pushing are uh, a series of three, four, and five-day sailings on several of their ships, which basically will go to private islands. Some of them will go to the private island, um, which which Holland America also goes to Half Moon K. We think of it as uh, Carnival's Island, but Carnival and, and Holland America are both under the Carnival Corporation, so that is also a very popular spot on or stop on Holland America ships. But they might go to um, Half Moon Key and then swing over to, say, Nassau or someplace like that. Or if the situation in Nassau isn't so great, they might skip that and just say, okay, we're going to go to Half Moon Key, then we're going to add in a fun day at sea, and then we're going to come back. So, yeah, private islands are going to be crucial, as is shorter itineraries. That's another thing we'll likely see. And those itineraries will mostly go to private islands. Who would have thought that when Holland America bought Half Moon back in, what was it, 96 for $6 million, that it would be worth so much today? A lot of cruisers associate with Half Moon as strictly a carnival island. And yeah, it's all under the Carnival Corporation. But Holland America bought it for mostly when they sail seasonally from Florida. And of course, Carnival's year-round in Florida. So they use it when Holland America's not there because you never see a Carnival and a Holland America ship there at the same time. 
Yeah, and and it's true. I mean, I did not realize for the longest time that Holland America had anything to do with. I mean, I knew they were part of the Carnival um, brand, but I never thought of them as going to Half Moon. You never hear that. You know, people mm-hmm. always talk about Half Moon in conjunction with Carnival. And the interesting thing is that particular island destination is sort of half and half. You know what I mean? Like, like there is half of the island that is sort of like fun time. You know, it's all about like the 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 drinks and the pirate ship and it sort of has that carnival vibe. And then there's another part of the island that's a little more laid back, a little more, you know, a little more Holland America-y, if you will. So it's definitely an island with a split personality. I'm waiting for the day that itinerary planning screws up and puts a Holland America ship and a carnival ship at Half Moon at the same time. I mean, talk about mixing oil and water there. Yeah. You know what it'll be like, though? It'll be like one of those great commercials um, for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You know, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got my peanut butter in your chocolate. But they're two great tastes that taste great together. And you'll have like the old folks having a great time hanging out with the young folks. And it'll be a beautiful, unifying moment. Well, to recap what we've been talking about over the past few minutes, how do you think all of this will impact people booking their cruise over the next few months? This is something that you and I have talked about and written about fairly extensively. But I really think if you're going to book a cruise, let's say for the rest of 2021, you know, um, I think you really need to be the kind of person who is flexible. You need to be somebody who is, you know, more about the destination, or I should say, I'm sorry, let me reverse that, more about the journey than the destination. That's always been my thing. Um, I sail out of New York, which means the there's a very limited number of ships and itineraries which tend to sail out of New York, at least on a week, you know, for a week-long basis. I don't care. I mean, if I go, every, almost every cruise I've done has been the Bahamas to Private Island uh, and back to New York. And that's fine with me. I have done many other itineraries, but that's the one that's most common out of New York. It's fine with me because for me, I'm all about being on the ship. People who have that mindset are going to be happiest right now with cruising because there are so many things that are up in the air. You know, you're going to have to be flexible with your itinerary. You're going to be able to sort of go with the flow if they change the dining situation up, if they decide they're not going to have a buffet, if they if you're going to book a cruise, you need flexibility to be your thing and you also need to make sure that you are willing to not just flexible in your plan, but willing to go with the flow. I think this is not the time for somebody who is very tense and very uptight and has to plan every minute of their vacation. This is not the time. You know, hold off a little bit. Maybe maybe book something for 2022 as opposed to 2021. Richard, before we hop here, you wrote a story about three years ago and coming up on the three-year anniversary, actually, about a stowaway bird that made its way on a cruise ship and took a cruise. Has anyone heard from that bird? I am not aware of anybody having heard from the bird. Um, We should really try and get like a special correspondent to check in on him. I wonder if like the rest of us, when he got back from that cruise, you know, because the story is basically, um, as I recall, that he sort of accidentally wound up on a cruise ship and went on this amazing 14 day trip and they took great care of him on that ship. And I can't help thinking that like the rest of us, when he got back, he was probably like, oh, wow, I'm totally like hashtag cruise life now. I need to do this more often. So hopefully his owners have sort of 
you know, fed that that desire to continue cruising in him. Maybe he's a maybe he's got as much pent up desire as we do right now, and he's like jonesing to get back on his ship. The reason why I ask, I was actually I was going through my pictures from Yellowstone from last summer, and I found this really cool looking bird. So I typed in birds of Yellowstone, and that actually that article you wrote three years ago popped up. <laughs> I like knowing that that bird has not been forgotten. Absolutely, I've been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.